0: This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 fm. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from McGuire. Who's made it happen? Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning,
1: America. Here's Tom Anderson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. My favorite day, March 24th. It's glad to have you with us at the launch of the show this morning. We will be on for two hours, Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT. It is going to be another Moderately sunny day in the south-central Alaska region, so that is good news, and we're going to see warming trends continuing. I think spring is imminent, my friends, that's for sure. Tom Steigman is out the next two days, and then he's going to be in the next five days without moi, so enjoy your last two days with little old me for a bit of time and then I'll be back there after. So we're both on trips intermittently here and that's going to continue through the spring and part of the summer. You know how it is. We all get busy, but we love you. So we try to keep the shows a moving. Hey, U S secretary general Antonio Guterres warned this week that the war in Ukraine could spiral into a global hunger crisis. And by the way, I'm going to get into the war in Ukraine in detail and talk about some staggering numbers that's being reported from NATO in terms of Russian troops and all sorts of data. One of the main causes of the spiral in global hunger morning brew reporting, soaring fertilizer prices, industrial scale crops. You know this. I mean, you don't have to be a farmer. You don't have to be Arthur keys or Brian Ganifki or, or some of the folks we've interviewed on this show, Steve Silbernagel out of the Dakotas, Ganifki out of Minnesota, Keys out of, a, out of Alaska, out of right here in Matsu, to know this. These larger scale crops require more love than your window sill succulents, Morning Brew writes. Farmers across the globe use fertilizers to give, well, crops necessary nutrients. They want to boost their outcome, their yields. Now, guess what's next? Russia's the largest exporter of nitrogen fertilizers, go figure, to the world. But because of the Western sanctions following the invasion of Ukraine, now we're into the second month, by the way, of that war. Shipments have been disrupted. Prices soaring. Supplies have actually dried up. Fertilizer prices jumped 10% just last week in one week, 40% three weeks prior. So 50% in one month. And that's according to the green markets, North American fertilizer price index, something you all probably check every morning on your apps. (laughs) Domino effect in our globalized world, destabilization in one region What do you think happens? What do you think domino effect means? It affects other places. It devastates other areas, other regions, other continents, other countries, other commercial zones. And then you have to look at how lower supplies of Russian fertilizer impacts Chinese food production. Okay? New York Times reporting Russia's Selling a chunk of its fertilizer to Brazil, which is, of course, an agricultural giant, the world's biggest fertilizer importer. That I did not know. Brazilian farmers use Russian fertilizer. Remember, South America, Europe, this is what we're talking about, about different regions. You know, a spiral, a domino effect across the globe. It's not just on the continent of Europe or in America. These Brazilian farmers use the Russian fertilizer, obviously, to grow their crops. Things like soybeans. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, but Brazil's the number one producer of soybeans. I would have thought it was the great state of Minnesota. I'm kidding, but heavy density in soybeans in that neck of the woods. Soy sauce, behold. Now, Brazil sells the majority of its soybeans to China. China. Oh, man. So fertilizer, Brazil. Brazil grows with the fertilizer, soybeans. Soybeans are sold to China. Now we're talking about three continents. China uses its soybeans to feed its livestock, some of which I doubt we buy, but certainly purchased throughout Asia. The TLDR, ultimately, less Russian fertilizer, fewer Brazilian soybeans. Smaller Chinese livestock, higher Chinese meat prices. Welcome to, I love the word, I love the term, welcome to an inextricably licked global environment when it comes to economy. It's not just about pesky wars and carnage to that end, and we'll get to Ukraine in Alaska as well later. Governor Dunleavy and the United States somewhat in parity. You're looking at over a hundred thousand refugees. And I was reading that report earlier this morning. I got up early, man. I got prepared for all of you. So back to this farming. Soybeans are just one of obviously many key crops. I mean, my God, there's rice. There's wheat. You know about Ukraine and wheat. There's corn. Could all be disrupted by spiking fertilizer prices. And I mentioned Ukraine and wheat. I'm talking about fertilizer affecting all of these globally. Central American, oh, dare I say, dare I say, say, say. (laughs) Remember blazing saddles. I didn't get a harumph out of you. Harumph, harumph. You watch your ass. Central American coffee producers tell Bloomberg they're facing a mega emergency on account of fertilizer costs. One Costa Rican company uses 1,400 tons of fertilizer to make about 40,000 bags of coffee annually. It's not going to decimate them, but it's going to delay, hinder, harm, suppress, and that's not good. I'm drinking a big old cup of Joe, and I don't want anyone to affect that. Isn't that sad? Think of how we're affected by things that we may not contemplate them or consider until we're affected. I've been talking about this since the day it started and months before, so I definitely am in tune with Ukraine and Russia and have all the details down. That's why I'm jam-packed and we talk about it every morning. So I'm not one that says, wait, my coffee is rising in price. What's happening? Oh, there's a war in Ukraine and you're not like that either. We all know it, but the price of food globally was already nearing record highs because of COVID and all Those supply chain disruptions. We've targeted that and covered it in our news, morning news, talking about like LA and the huge amount of ships out in the out in the Pacific Ocean waiting to come to port and moor up. Oh man, all of a sudden we've got gnarly weather, then you've got spiking energy prices. Joe Biden has not helped there, right? Right? So now you've got the war in Ukraine and it's just compounding these problems. It just is. One fertilizer CEO in Europe said, we're going to have a food crisis. Be prepared. It's a question of how large and how long. Be prepared. Stay with us, my friends. Thursday, Tom Anderson Show.
2: Say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood, muscle and blood, skin and bones. A mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You lose 16 tons, and what do you get?
0: This is The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday.
1: Madeleine Albright, the first female U.S. Secretary of State, died of cancer at age 84 yesterday. That's what her family advised. The public, Albright, a refugee of Czechoslovakia. Did you know that was selected by President Clinton to be the country's top diplomat in 1996? Remarkable lady, and definitely breaking the glass ceiling in that realm, and I was always impressed with her. She served in the role until his presidency ended, and imagine that with all the scandal and such that he went through. She was awarded the U.S.'s top civilian honor, the Medal of Freedom, in 2012 by President Obama. Madeleine Albright, gone, age 84, of cancer, and she definitely was a titan in the world of politics and stateswomanship and she put ladies on the map in that role and showed that they can pretty much ladies you can do anything and often better than us at any level so keep it up we need a female pope one of these days we'll get that okay biden and major allies meeting about russia's war in ukraine by the way welcome back tom anderson show right here on kvnt phone lines are open if you want to join in three five seven five eight six eight 357-5868. We're on until 9, so you have time. Let's go to National Public Radio for this clip.
3: NATO held an emergency session in Brussels today. There, President Biden and other world leaders talked about finding more ways to support Ukraine as it defends itself against Russia. One new idea: supplying Ukraine with anti-ship missiles. The White House also announced new sanctions aimed at Russia and a plan to bring more Ukrainians fleeing war to the United States. Joining us now from NATO headquarters, NPR White House correspondent Tamara Keith. Tam, thanks for being here. Thank you, Rachel. President Biden is also meeting, we should say, with G7 leaders and the European Council today. There is a lot of news coming out of all these meetings. But let's start with NATO. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky addressed the leaders via video from Ukraine. What did he say?
4: This was a private meeting with the 30 leaders of the alliance, but we talked to one official who was observing it. So we know this from what that official said. That official said that Zelensky asked for more defense assistance. He didn't request a no-fly zone, as he has in the past, and he also didn't ask for Ukraine to be admitted to NATO. After his feed ended and leaders began talking, several made new pledges of military support to Ukraine. These are things that NATO is not officially coordinating. It's working to shore up its own defenses, especially close to Ukraine and Russia. The official said that President Biden has begun consulting with allies about supplying anti-ship missiles to Ukraine. And this is something that would come with technical challenges. But I will note here that some of the Russian missile attacks on Ukrainian cities haven't come from jets, but from Russian ships.
3: This would be aimed to counter those particular attacks. On the humanitarian front, let's talk about that. The Biden administration announced a new plan
4: to let up to 100,000 Ukrainians into the US. What prompted that? Well, we're seeing the largest refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. So this is something of a goodwill measure to take a little pressure off of Eastern European countries that are taking the bulk of the millions of refugees fleeing Ukraine. And it also responds to a call from people in the U.S. who've been saying they want to bring family members from Ukraine to the U.S. now, at least until it's safe to return to the country. Uh, Some of these 100,000 people would come through the U.S. refugee program, but others would come through other legal immigration statuses. Um, An administration official told us they still expect most of the people fleeing Ukraine will want to stay in Europe and stay closer to home. Mm -hmm. Uh, There will also be efforts as part of this to prioritize the most vulnerable people in this process, LGBTQI people, people with medical needs, journalists and dissidents. Okay, so let's talk more about the latest round of sanctions that the Biden administration has now announced, correct? Right. The U.S. and other G7 countries, so this is the world's leading economies, are going after Russian gold. U.S. officials believe Russia has been trying to use its gold reserves to get around some of the existing sanctions and fund the war effort. So uh, this effort would crack down on that. The U.S. is also adding new sanctions on some 300 members of the Duma, that's the Russian parliament, and 40 defense companies. And that would bring the U.S. in line with some of what its partners have already announced. You know, it's not clear that any of these sanctions will change Russian behavior or stop this war. But the aim here, according to administration officials, is to continue to make it as painful as possible economically for Russia to continue its invasion of Ukraine.
3: NPR White House correspondent Tamara Keith reporting from NATO headquarters in Brussels. Thank you so awesome much. Awesome
1: job, NPR. I recommend subsidizing funding supporting NPR and Alaska Public Media. And I know some folks on the super conservative side say, screw them, public media. Don't, don't help them. Maybe don't help them with taxes. I, I could see that, but help them directly because that was good coverage from Tamara and team. Let's go after the Duma. Let's go after gold, Russian gold. I love that. Hey, let's bounce over to that wreck that it wasn't a max either. The 737 that went down horrific. I saw the video. I mean, straight down, like you drop a, you know, lift a rock up over your deck and drop it straight down. That's how it went down. Officials are still searching for answers after that China Eastern Airlines flight with 132 souls on it crashed in a mountainous area in southern China. Obviously, no survivors. It came down very fast, very fast. The plane was a Boeing 737-800 that had flown around seven years. It wasn't that old. Unlike Boeing 737 MAX series, which we all know was grounded globally for about 20 months over covid and that was after two fatal crashes in indonesia and africa the 737-800 is part of a series considered to be some of the world's safest and the 900 uh, alaska uses that often to hawaii to portland to la to seattle here from alaska from anchorage and its crash rate is like 0.07 per million flights it's very 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 low The plane was, in this China Eastern case, let me see here, it was at a cruising altitude of 29,000 feet, and it suddenly nosedived. It lost 26,000 feet in one and a half minutes. Holy crap, it came down quick. The steep descent was interrupted by a brief climb. Oh, God, imagine the poor passengers there according to data from flight radar 24 after a few seconds the plane began to descend again the plumbing occurred around pretty much when the plane be, you know when you hear the pilots say we're going to begin our initial descent clean up everything use the can and get seated that's about when this occurred which is rare aviation experts are baffled actually given just how rare certain aspects of the crash are for instance according to Boeing just 13 percent of fatal airplane accidents occur during the cruising stage, okay? In other words, you're up and about, you're going through your your day, you're sitting there, maybe there's some turbulence, maybe you're asleep, maybe you're eating, watching a movie. Very rare that a plane goes down from that, very. So let's talk what's more rare. 3% of accidents happen during the initial descent. Almost never happens. And the 737, this 800 series is designed actually that it won't dive at steep angles barring any high unusual malfunctions, highly unusual malfunctions or like an intense effort by a pilot. So could the pilot have driven it down and steered it towards Earth? Who knows? It's going to take a while to sort out. Morning Brew reports that Crashes are never caused by just one thing, experts say. I mean, when it's not a pilot like in Germany where the guy drove it into the Swiss Alps. A damaged black box flight recorder was covered from the crash site, but the process of analyzing plane crashes takes months, sometimes over a year to complete. Very sad, though. You all know that. Any of you flying out of here, unless it's some foreign or weird cargo flight, you're typically on a 737, right? And to think one of those super safe ones went down, and again, I saw the video, it went down like a dart, falling straight down. So imagine you're in your seatbelt, or maybe you weren't your seatbelt, guess where you'd be? You'd be landing on the door of the cockpit, because you're going straight down and everyone falls down, you know, awful. I hate to even bring it up, I'm supposed to be cheering you up every morning, right? Glasses half full, hey, it's Tommy boy, happy, happy, tickle, tickle. Well, not in this case. Sucks. And there were no foreigners on that. But that, you know, I mean, that doesn't matter to me. Uh, obviously, they report on that. Oh, thank God there's no Americans. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I was going to say there's some Americans. I wouldn't mind being on that plane. I don't mean that. I, I, it's sad. Absolutely horrific and sad. And prayers for those families who got the word of that. Could you imagine that? Getting that word? I can't imagine that. What else is happening? Hey, Moderna said it's COVID-19 vaccine works safely for children. I had Pfizer, but this one works safely between six months. Ooh, babies, tiny tots, up to five years. It'll apply for authorization in the U.S. and Europe in the coming weeks. I don't know about that. By the way, guess what? Russia's really getting hit hard. You're thinking what with military personnel and soldiers and equipment and planes with huge economic sanctions going after the old Garks taking their gold? No, because Nestle pulled popular brands like Kit Kat and Nesquik from Russia. The food giant came under fire from Ukrainian officials saying, what the hell? Pull your food. So they pulled the, the beloved Kit Kat. Oh, man. Do you think Russia will cave in and and pull up the the white flag of peace i doubt it but this is a good start pull their food too the russians will get ticked off at some point i think putin will stop what he's doing who knows 29 minutes after the hour happy thursday stay with us tom anderson show you don't-
0: This is The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday.
1: Hey, we're back. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show. So happy to have you with us here. Remember, we're on Monday through Friday. Really, we are your news source I cover the whole gamut. You can call it eclectic or, you know, a mosaic, a pattern of beautiful news stories, but I really hit home from Ukraine and Russia to domestic to Alaskan, from sadly plane wrecks to minerals and travel and sports and space. And we really hit it hard and we read in advance. And typically Tom uh, Steigman and I partner through this. He's out intermittently and I'm out sometimes too. And so he's out today and tomorrow, but we can run. Rock and roll, and we can get to you if you want to call in as well, 357-586. And I've been talking about Ukraine and Russia, and we will get in later to how many they say have been killed. Reports from NATO are from 7,000 to as many as 15,000 soldiers, Russian soldiers. You know what else I heard? I heard that 40,000, if you count fatalities and injuries, is the total. Of Russians. I also read somewhere 120, 30, 40 tanks destroyed the Ukrainian army's tanks destroyed, but they they got more than that in confiscating, taking over Russian tanks. So that's all good news if you're on the side of Ukraine. If you're a hard right and, and still privately endorsing Russia, you know, you need to leave the country. <laughs> you're not a patriot. You're a dirt bag. Okay. So here's the big news. More than 3.6 million refugees have fled Ukraine. It's sad news, but it's big news. That's a hell of a lot of people. That's a lot more than Syrians trying to park in France and Germany. If you remember that in Switzerland, this is a lot of folks and they are true refugees. Fox News covers this one, and it's intriguing. It's a couple-minute clip. Let's go to last night's Fox News.
5: From Eastern Europe, a Republican member of the House Oversight Committee, South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Welcome back, Congresswoman. Good to see you. Thank you so much, Shannon. Can you give us a sense of exactly how things are proceeding there at the border? It looks like, you know, to the outward um, view, that Poland is being very generous in taking in as many people as it possibly can.
6: They absolutely are, and the courageousness of Poland and its people welcoming millions of Ukrainian families, mostly women and children, because their husbands and fathers stayed behind in Ukraine to fight for their country, to fight for freedom and to fight for democracy. It was a devastating thing to see. But you also saw Poland coming together and offering these families shelter, offering their children education to go to school every day. Uh, It's quite a remarkable feat, and they've welcomed over two million families and counting. And things at the border are only getting worse because over 10 million Ukrainians have been displaced. But I will tell you, this visit, seeing it firsthand, we know that Vladimir Putin is evil, and we saw that evil firsthand, and we saw what has happened to all of these families that are now, they're left with no home. and oftentimes you know they've got a family that have that can't get out of many of these cities uh Kiev or Mariupol uh we're seeing that live on social media it's it's devastating and we saw it firsthand while we were there this weekend
5: I want to ask you about a couple of headlines tonight. This one from uh, The Washington Post says, top Russian military leaders repeatedly decline calls from U.S. prompting fears of, quote, sleepwalking into war. They say it's leaving the world's two largest nuclear powers in the dark about explanations for military movements and raising fears of a major miscalculation or battlefield accident. Your take.
6: Well, I think it's really important. And I, I want to say one thing about President Biden's trip to the region. And I, and I support that trip. Uh, we want our NATO allies to know that the United States supports them. And we have tens of thousands, almost 100,000 troops in the region, they've been there for a long time. And they're there to promote peace, to help with the humanitarian crisis, and to show support for our NATO allies who are very worried about what Russia might do. And I think that Vladimir Putin has talked about using nuclear warheads, and I think that that is a very real risk. And I've urged my colleagues coming out of this trip to Poland to be very careful uh, about not escalating things and making it worse with our rhetoric or tweeting Mm -hmm. uh, war strategy uh, that might you know, cause this thing to go out of control. We need to be very thoughtful and mindful about what we're saying and how we're saying it to urge peace and to urge an off-ramp in this thing.
5: Yeah. Wall Street Journal editorial board seems to think there's more that we can be doing. It says Ukraine can win with enough help. They say President Biden is rightly outraged by Mr. Putin's brutality and he calls him a war criminal, but he still seems afraid of doing what it takes to defeat him. What more do you think we could
6: or should be doing? More sanctions 100 uh, percent. There are hundreds million dollar valued yachts that are still floating out there in the sea that could be uh, taken in. We saw that there's one in Italy this week that's owned by Vladimir Putin, uh, isolating the oligarchy around Putin, ensuring that we isolate Putin and Russia economically in every way, shape or form, and that our allies, partners and friends around the world do the same. Talking with Xi Jinping and China, ensuring they don't do a broker a deal with Russia on oil and gas imports or exports to give him the funding. he needs to continue this war. And I was really heartened and encouraged today to read the media reports of Ukrainian soldiers who were taking back suburbs in Kyiv and other places, reports of Russian soldiers running out of food. Uh, These are all good developments in the right direction. And as long as they're provided defense equipment and arms and munitions to defend their homeland, I believe that what we're seeing now are successes of that fruit. Uh, And that's really encouraging for the Ukrainian people. And President Zelensky was out tonight with a new video uh, showing that Mm -hmm. courageousness, that heroism, that uh, we see with the Ukrainian soldiers and the men who stayed behind to fight for their homeland.
1: Yeah, it's true. There you go. That's Nancy Mace from South Carolina, and she's a congresswoman that's been a heavy hitter on Fox News, and I always appreciate her perspective and overview, and she's definitely getting the intel from her respective committee assignments. Forty minutes after the hour. Happy Thursday, everybody. A lot of doom and gloom, but there's some positive, too. Uh, I think we're making some headway in Juneau. State Representative Kevin McCabe, Republican, from the Valley joins us. Kevin, how are you, my friend? Good morning.
2: Pretty good, Tom. How are you?
1: I'm good. Read about that sad China Eastern Airlines 737-800 crash thought of you and my airline buddies. Boy, that one went straight down like a missile. And they say it was yeah. just about to descend, which it's rare. They say 3% of accidents occur when a plane's about to descend. And so they're like, it's descending, and all of a sudden it shoots straight down 26,000 feet And then the last 3,000 feet, it goes up, jerks up, and it goes straight down again. And, of course, everybody perishes. So they'll have to find out what. It almost makes me think it was a pilot uh, in control because they say it's very rare that a Boeing 737-800 would allow that.
2: Well, even with a pilot in control, there would be no possible way you could push the yoke down far enough to get a a 90-degree uh, in in that type of airplane it's just it's it would be almost impossible Weird. Um, i wonder what It would have to be what do you, you think in the tail section so do you think
1: something so, came off the plane or say it was a physical change because otherwise i mean literally it went down like a missile i saw the video it was
2: awful right yeah yeah it would have to be tom and it would have to also be under power i mean i you know at 300 at the miles per hour and it, you know what, twenty nine thousand feet in a little over a minute. Yeah, I it would. It's a strange. Uh, it's a strange deal. It'll be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of it. But yeah, really sad you
1: bet well let's yeah. talk legislative and you and uh i'm always appreciative if you're out there leading the charge or rabble rousing because it's always for a good reason uh give us the skinny and we'll bounce in the next segment if that's okay as well we'll have two minutes now and then and then 12 minutes next segment
2: sure that's fine well we're, we're working on budget amendments right now so lots of amendments are going through the finance committee and uh they spend hours and hours and hours every day i was up there a little bit yesterday i'm interested in uh in one of the governor's uh, amendments to uh, about the uh, clean taking over control of the clean water act essentially from the federal government so it's called the uh, 404 primacy um so 404 being the section that the the clean water act is under so sure um lots lots of interest in that kind of stuff that costs a bit of money um but it does uh, go a long way towards taking our state back and it, all kind of has to do with the John Sturgeon thing and with the the number of years it's taking the, uh, the federal government to certify that waters are navigable so that we can take over and the number of years it takes the federal government to certify uh, any kind of operation, whether it be an oyster farm or uh, a mine, um, so... Um, we just want to take over a portion of that. It wouldn't take over everything. Uh, you know, there would still be checks and balances from the federal government and, frankly, from the legislature, on mines such as Pebble. I, I know the the coalition, the other side, is very concerned that this 404 uh, uh, primacy thing is strictly uh, to take over Pebble, but that's just absolutely not the case. The pebble mine would still have plenty of restrictions on it from the federal government as well as the legislature so
1: yeah man there's so many tributaries of information and policy and that's where i'm appreciative leaders like you do the heavy lifting and people may not understand just how complex it gets and if you dig deep and dive into it, you really can make a difference. And that's where Kevin McCabe does. Some some lawmakers just skirt by. We're gonna come right back. Here's a little is under the rainbow. Stay with us. Tom Anderson Show. Somewhere
2: over the rainbow. We-
0: This is The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday
1: through Friday. Oh, little ACDC. 48 minutes after the hour, Tom Anderson show. Hey, it's Thursday, March 24th. This hour brought to you by PIP Alaska. If you have mailing needs, if you're a candidate, if you're a nonprofit, if you're a corporation, I don't care if it's an annual report or a magazine. If you want to get a special list to to solicit, look for donations, to just mail out something. If you want interior or exterior decor, you know, stand back 10 feet, bathroom this way. If you want to block your door with an etched, FOAST has that fraternal order. Or troopers at their museum where you can't see in but you can see out how about a rap on your vehicle and i don't mean the music rap nwa straight out of compton kevin mccabe knows that song by heart no we're not talking that we're talking the rap the design rap tom steigman has that on his suv and then of course swag and you go to a trademark or any of that but speaking of nwa's biggest fan kevin mccabe downtown kevin mccabe joins us kevin's like what the hell's that
2: I have a sticker on my door that says straight out of Big Lake. (laughs) Do
1: you? I didn't
2: know that. I I do.
1: Yeah, I, I love that band. Their beat is good, but their words are profane and they don't like cops yeah. and they're, they're angry black guys. And you know, the N words in NWA, but, but their beat, you know, doom to the doon I don't care if you're an old fart cowboy from Texas, you'd be like, damn, hee haw, this is cool. Then they start singing and they're like, F the police. It's like, wait, what? You know, their lyrics are awful, but, but their yeah, a, beat is cool.
2: I'm getting a vision of you dancing around the Oh, you bet
1: your sweet butt I'm gonna dance. I'm gonna take a seven (laughs) forty seven China Eastern right into you and I'm gonna be dancing the way. Sorry, too too soon, too soon. I'm sorry. Okay, so (laughs) let's talk the congressional loss first what you're feeling i know sad but give me your memoriam on don young uh, whether you knew him well or not and then let's talk about who gets in and what's your armchair quarterback thought on uh, everything
2: well you know it's kind of funny i i have some (laughs) I have a guy that's uh, sort of attacking me on Facebook, which is fine. You know, he's trying to what, hold me accountable. What what
1: filthy worm is doing such? Can you say the <laughs> name so we can all not patronize or actually trade? Yeah, you won't say. The yeah, name. I
2: don't want to. I don't okay. want to do the same thing to him he's doing to me. But but he got on there and he said uh, something about how I should be the statesman that Don Young was, and I, I kind of laughed and I'm like. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Don Young was known for being brutally honest that he would say whatever was yeah. on his mind and, and, and not really care. So you I, you, you I
1: got know. knocked up, he said. You got knocked up, but you should you know you should have kept your pants up. No daycare <laughs> assistance for you. Get your family to help with the brat. Okay, yeah, let's but, be a statesman. <laughs> he didn't I say it Don quite Young, like that, you know, but close.
2: I, as far as emulating Don Young, I would love to emulate his heart for Alaska. That guy was amazing when it came to Alaska and Alaskans. And he, he was damn proud to be from Alaska. And I mean, if you were ever in his office or saw pictures of it, you can, you can absolutely see that this guy was, his DNA included some little piece of Alaska, which is what I would, I would love to do. So.
1: Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's true. And he was tenacious. And I've heard so many great descriptors of him. Now he's gone, Uh, big shoes to fill, but he's gone. And we're hearing all sorts, obviously. And I think. Sadly, Nick Bay jumped in, a Republican, and again, the the B word is coming up now, left and right, betrayal. I've talked to three people who, if Nick's listening, who in, out here in the Valley that either supported or donated and are like backtracking now, two have called me and they're like, oh man, if there's another person, we're going to pull. Uh, I've well, said it all along, and, and with the, the Reed family and everybody, they, they basically backstabbed Don Young, that, that's going to fall apart. I don't think he'll be the winner ultimately. I just don't i may be wrong uh i i think it'll be dunleavy murkowski and i and i We'll see who wins on the on the congressional race. Al Gross may run. Christopher Constance, I'm sure they're thought of as, you know, he's looked at as, like, uh, insignificant. And so th- th- some say Gross is the one that needs to step in. I don't. I think he's going to polarize it. And he's unremarkable as well. And, and a turncoat that says one thing. There were so many videos of him uh, against Sullivan where it's like, yeah, I'll do this. I won't do this. I'll do this. I'll promise this. I won't do this. Man, your words, your bond. Kevin, you're one that definitely... Definitely exudes that and, and practices what you preach and you deliver. But Al Gross did not in that campaign trail. And yeah. his past words came back to haunt him. Then you've got, could Tara Sweeney run? Could could Josh Revac Now, now uh, I know that, that Jeff Landfield, who's in Europe, by the way, right now near Ukraine. We were talking the other day. I was like, dude, you know, you're close to the battlefield. And he says, I may go to Ukraine. I'm like, be careful. But Landfield reporting from afar, because he's buddies with, with Revac that revac is may very well be soon to uh filing i'd i'd love to yeah, see a treadwell know. file me treadwell would, yeah. would have it close to in the bag if he ran i believe and so w- what do you think
2: well you know i talked to nick baggage a bit about all of this uh, after don passed and nick had already been in the race um and has already been raising money and uh having fundraisers and that sort of thing and he and Don were pretty close until he got in the race and you know Don frankly had done that to people before where he had said I'm not going to run I'm not going to run I'm not going to run you're you're welcome to run and then kind of got in the race at the last minute so classic Don and, and that's okay but one of the things that Nick told me that was very interesting to me is he said you know when my grandfather died Don Young was a very honorable guy he he waited until the family had a chance to search for, uh, my grandfather and Hale Boggs and, and didn't uh, politicize it at all. and was just the, one of the most honorable uh, guys I'd ever seen. And he said, I, I hope to be half of that, um, right now. I, you know, I, I, there's going to be Democrats that jump in. There's going to be others that jump in now for this sort of temporary position. And I hope I can, uh, Give the the young family the honor that Don gave my grandfather, uh, you know, fifty some years ago, um, and and try to do that. So um, I I never thought of that. Yeah. Frankly, I never thought of that sort of connection. But it's, no, no, the, well, that's a neat
1: connection. We're talking with State Representative Kevin McCabe on Nick Bakich and Don Young. Did by the way, in that conversation, did he mention what he and his team posted all the negative on Don Young that they quickly pulled down right after his death? Did he mention that?
2: I don't, I yeah, don't, he didn't. See I'm setting you up. He
1: didn't. Nick didn't yeah. mention all the, all the stuff yeah. they start that started surfacing where they were going after and he and his minions were going after Don young brutally. And that was pulled down. So now I know he didn't mention that. And I, I'm get, not sure. gets, I didn't mean to a set you up is, on that.
2: <laughs> yeah. A lot of that I'm sure is timing. Uh, Tom, you know, it's just like the, uh, the Josh Revac uh, uh, thing where, uh, he, you know, he and must read got a little crosswise publicly. And yep. I think that Josh felt that, uh, that Suzanne had posted a little too early and he went after her for it. I, unfortunately, instead of calling her, he went after her on social media, which is, which is dumb, but we all handle grief differently. And, um, you know, I'm willing to give a little bit of grace on the timing of things, I think, and see how, see how it all shakes out. So yeah. Um, I texted, uh, Nick within a half hour of finding out about, uh, you know, about Don's, uh, passing. And I said, I'm praying for you brother, because the next few hours are going to be, uh, very, um, start going to be scrutinized. Frankly, everybody's going to be watching. They're going to be watching what you do and they're going to be watching what your team does. And, uh, so.
1: So you did that within a few hours. Guess who I texted within a few hours? Josh Revac and said, when are you going to file? So yeah, we all had our texting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting. I apologize later because I said that was too soon. I was insensitive. I texted him yesterday and said, I, I didn't mean it in a negative way. I didn't know Don Young well. I started by saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. What a sad day. But, but on the business side of things and getting our state uh, to equal or better governance, we need need someone that is there and, and ready to rock and roll and that has the sure. credentials and, and the service and everything else. I love that Joshua a veteran. I Again, I, I would like to see you run. I could go down the list. I'd like to see you run. I wouldn't mind Kevin Meyer run. I would love to see me Treadwell run. I'd love to see my buddy farmer Arthur Keys run. Most of you aren't interested in it. It's just bad timing. Uh, we will see. Sarah Palin, I don't think she would have a chance if she's listening. God bless her. Uh, a friend has called into the show in the past, always been very gracious to me, and even in my times of tribulation and trial, literally was gracious and very thoughtful. But I will tell you that uh that I don't know if if she at this juncture, if so many people jump in maybe maybe she has a pocket of people that dig her, it wouldn't be. Uh, you know, on the Kena Peninsula or south, uh, in you know, on the on the panhandle, it would be uh, probably southeastern. It would probably be in the Matsu and parts of Anchorage and Fairbanks. So I don't know. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. I think she misunderstood and thought it was appointed like U.S. Senate because her quote uh, the other day was, hey, if I'm asked to. But, you know, you're going to have to file if you want to run. Well, Kevin, will you yeah. come back in future weeks, of course, and keep Absolutely. updating us? Okay, brother.
2: Yep, okay. absolutely. I'll be uh, one thing, Tom. I got a uh, uh, sort of a town hall meeting at 10 o'clock on Saturday at the Big okay. Lake Family Restaurant. Okay, so, Big Lake Family come.
1: Restaurant, 10 a.m. this Saturday. You can meet with Kevin McCabe. They have great breakfast, too. Kevin, safe travels back home. Thank you, brother. All right. Okay, Peace brother. Down. That's State Representative Kevin McCabe, one of my favorites. He would be a good congressman. Stay with us one hour ahead.
0: This is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 fm. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who... Made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom
1: Anderson. 8 06 a.m. Good morning, everybody. Second hour of the program. We've been ramping it up here. March 24th, Thursday. Boy, tomorrow, TGIF weekend imminent here. I hope you're having a great day. I see the sun popping out and blue sky with some clouds from Matsuda Anchorage. So it's going to be partly sunny day. Warming up as well. Please drive safe out there. Be observant. Be a defensive driver. The last thing you need is an accident. Phone lines are open this morning. 357 357-5868, 357-5868. We just heard from State Representative Kevin McCabe. He's calling, called in from Juno, giving his update on his legislation, what's going on. Work continues. We're past the halfway mark, assuming it's beyond 90 days and 120 days statutory limit session. Ending And when would that be May? So be prepared for that. Bringing it back home to local races. We were talking about Don Young and other races, but I will tell you there are a lot of them school board to some degree, but a big deal in the assembly lane. And I'm talking about uh, Liz Vasquez, Kathy Hensley. Uh, Randy, Stephanie, Kevin, a lot of challengers. Kevin Cross is going to likely easily win in the Eagle River Chugiak area, and he doesn't really have any formidable competition, so I won't include him because he- he's a good guy. heart's in the right place, and he'll win, and I think he'll be a good assembly member. But the other ones, they're – Just interesting how this is shaping up. Cameron Perez Verdia. Some say doing an exceptional job, very communicative, thoughtful. Others say no way, liberal uh, policies. Everything else doesn't comport with you know the the patriotic conservative types, and he just doesn't have. What it takes Liz Vasquez, longtime friend of mine, former state representative. She says, no, I think I can take him out this time. Now, she has run many times, lost state house races, lost assembly races. Uh, we, We worked with her for a bit. I don't know if she can win this one either. Maybe the Alaska's news source, our CBS NBC combined affiliate in Anchorage covered that race. It's District 3 in West Anchorage, if you're interested race feel it's time for change because
7: they say the incumbent is out of touch with those who elected him. Steve Kirch tells us why the incumbent in this race disagrees. Patrick, Cameron Perez-Verdia is running for a second term as a district representative for West Anchorage. And he feels his opponent's critique of him is an accurate one and that he is the best candidate in the race. In West Anchorage, there are signs up for Cameron Perez-Verdia. Liz Vasquez, and Niles Sherwood Williams. Perez Verdea, who considers himself a moderate, says if reelected, he wants to address improving public safety, the economy, and homelessness in West Anchorage, and civility in the assembly. Now, more than ever, we need people who are gonna bring balance, who are gonna listen, who are gonna be open to d- different ideas, people who are gonna do the work. Challenger Liz Vasquez, who has lived in West Anchorage for nearly 40 years, and considers herself a conservative is critical of the incumbent's track record
4: uh, in particular my opponent has not objected to the arrogant um condescending rude behavior of his colleagues on the assembly i don't think i would have a problem in addressing
7: that issue christian constitutionalist Niall sherwood williams wonders if perez verdilla has lost his appetite for the position
1: uh, the assembly members not being available and present to the people sitting in the chair present in the meetings and looking the people in the eyes to listen to their concern.
7: Perez-Verdia disagrees with the characterization. Oh, I think it's absolutely out of context. I have attended every single assembly meeting since I've been in office. Vasquez agrees with Perez-Verdia about the issues facing West Anchorage, but she thinks the voters want change and she is the person to fill the void.
4: I bring tenacity, persistence, um, I was a litigator, so I know how to dive in.
7: Sherwood Williams says he feels the voters' frustration and thinks a lot of incumbents will lose their seats this election cycle, regardless of how big their signs are or how many doors they knocked on.
1: I don't think that money will decide it. I think this is a principle-based decision. The election is on
7: April 5th, and there are contested races in Assembly Districts 3, 4, 5, and 6.
1: There you go. Yeah, there are a lot of contested seats. And what do you think about this? Phone lines are open, 357-5868. I don't mind reporting on the news, but I'd love to hear from some of you Anchorage folks on. And I was an Anchorage dude for decades. Now I live in the Valley. And our studio's here. And then, of course, uh, CBI Media's headquarters, and Stephen is in Anchorage while uh, Tom is out. And so we we kind of are country cousins and there's a nexus and the folks in the valley are interested. I know so is leadership, but those of you in Anchorage really should be interested because it's going to affect what happens to you. So I'd love to know what your thoughts are in Anchorage, three, five, seven, five, eight, six, eight. I don't know if you heard, but Anchorage assembly has set a new district. Okay. And so The boundaries and such are good. They've added a 12th seat. Remember, looks like June 21st. That'll be interesting to see who they choose. Do they choose? I'm actually not sure how that works in terms of initial launching of the extra seat. Reapportionment, obviously redraws the assembly's district boundaries. And this is like a decade after decade, U.S. Census-related effort. It helps. They say it's supposed to help balance and equalize representation across America. Back in 2020, do you remember voters? You guys approved giving District 1, Downtown Anchorage, a second elected seat. It was a 9-2 vote this week when the assembly members approved a new redistricting map. By the way, you'd think, oh, Crystal Kennedy and Allard voted against. No, Felix Rivera, or Rivera and Meg Zellatel voted against the final map. Interesting. Assembly members per ADN also set a special election for District 1. That's a unanimous vote for that one. Only voters living in the district can vote in that election. It's not like the school board where it's area-wide. Oh, boy. So District 1 was renamed Tuesday evening as the city's North Anchorage District, one of many changes made to the assembly political map. District 4 was also officially renamed from Central Anchorage to Midtown in city code, although it has long been referred to as Midtown. District 2, formerly Chugack Eagle River, was renamed District 2, Chugack Eagle River, J-Bear. And then District 6, South Anchorage was renamed District 6, South Anchorage, Gurdwig, and Turnigan Arm. So we will see what happens on this extra. Uh, that's going to be fascinating. The map adopted was drafted by Assemblymember John Ruddleton and Danny Wells. The final map included some changes proposed by Vice Chair Christopher Constant. You can go to ADN.com to read more, and I'll put it in the podcast notes. Stay with us. Gold lines are open. Like I say, if you want to join us, 357-5868. Happy Thursday.
0: This is The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday.
1: Well, with the loss of a titan in Congressman Don Young last week, someone that was affected by pretty much more than any of us was his very close friend and a co-chairman, state Senator, Josh Revac. And there is no doubt in my mind that he has been mourning and it's been such a loss and such an empty feeling. He was willing to join us. I wanted to talk to him about his feelings on this transition what's next his background and what are people saying is he getting a call because now there is an open seat so state senator josh Rivak, i wish it was on a better topic than the loss of the mighty don young but welcome to the program and what are your thoughts about this the, his loss and the transition
8: well hey tom Thank, thanks so much for having me on to talk about congressman young there's nothing uh, i enjoy more I, I appreciate the intro, but in in reality, you know, uh, Congressman Young, there's so many people uh, in the legislature and in Alaska who who knew him closer and and longer than I did. But for me, uh, the impact that he made on my life was so remarkable in in, in the six years that I worked for him. And since I left the office that, that, uh, you know, really, I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for him and In his office and 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 the shot that he gave me when i was just fresh out of the military you know wounded in combat uh, lots of lots of trials related to all that you know and he gave me a shot and he believed in me and he had patience and he and his staff uh, invested heavily into my personal and professional development so to me oh, but but there's so many others every staff member that that ever worked for him or the vast majority of them. I mean, you have his very first chief of staff that's still like family to Don young. And that's, that's a, that's a long track record of making massive impacts in the lives of folks. So I'm just one of those. And I'm so honored to have been one of those. And so it's, it's a real sad day for Alaska. Uh, You know, it, it just, it's just, has been heartbreaking.
1: I bet it caught you off guard like it did everybody because it was so unexpected. And he was on his way back. I know through Seattle to Alaska, I talked to Matt, your buddy and mine, who was coordinating with him as well. And the, the tragedy of it all is not just the sadness that he's gone, but he was such a leader and such a pillar in what he does. Your background, so people understand. We're talking with State Senator Josh Rivak, but real quick – give us the snippet of your evolution from military and injury to getting into office.
8: Well, boy, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I attribute all that to, uh to, to, to uh, the folks that helped me along the way. You know, we don't, we don't do anything alone. And, you know, I, so, so I was wounded in combat. I was a tanker in, uh, in the army on a battle tank and, a very, very close friend of mine from Palmer, Shane Woods. We had served on the same battle tank in, in I in, in Germany and we deployed together to Iraq and I was wounded and uh in Iraq and medevaced out by a by an enemy mortar round that hit me. I recovered for about a month in the hospital and and the day that I went back to work, the first day I went back to work after getting out of the hospital and convalescence and all that. Um, I learned that my friend uh, Shane Woods had been killed, along with two other very close friends of mine. And so, you know, I I came up here to visit uh, uh, to visit Shane's family um, is is how we kind of came to Alaska first. And and uh, the moment the flight, you know, when I came back from, I, I I was stationed in Germany for six years, and and two of those were in Iraq. And by the time I came back to the United States, you know, I. It, I didn't know where home was. Um, we were definitely looking for where, where is home. And the second, the the plane touched down in Alaska, we knew right away. And, you know, and on that trip, I, I ran into, uh, to Congressman Young's staff. And, uh, after a conversation, they said, we really want to give you a shot. You know, have you ever thought about, have you thought about moving here? And, I literally never left and I've been here ever since. And, you know, he gave me that shot and and they invested in me heavily through some pretty tough times, you know, coming out of the military wounded isn't, isn't an easy thing to do. So I'll be forever indebted to those folks and to him for that.
1: And when you stepped up for the state house, there was an incumbent and you, you, you won that fair and square and from hard work. And then, and then how did you get into the state Senate for folks that don't recall the transition?
8: Uh, well, it was, it was just a very, very difficult uh, situation. You know, I, I love nothing more than to serve the folks um, of district 25 in the state house. And, um, and, and there was a very untimely and sudden passing of a friend and, and our, our state Senator Chris Birch. And that, that was very tragic. And ultimately, um, ultimately I, I was, uh, appointed to, to try and fill those shoes and, and I've done the best that I can to do that. And it's been a huge honor to serve the folks of district M and so so that's kind of how that happened, and then I ran and won, um, and, and so we're, we're, we're doing the best we can to serve the great people, the state of Alaska, and, and the folks in District M ever since.
1: Moving forward, I was a very good friend to Chris, and and another tragic loss along with Don Young and Chris, even more premature considering his age. So now we see the tributes, the memoriams, the the naming of Don Young. It's a memorable. It's a Ted Stevens level. He, he and Ted Stevens are that really the icons. The, the Mount Rushmores of our state when it comes to policymaking and statesmanship. And then there are the young bucks like yourself that are moving up the ranks. They have solid resumes. You're you're a gifted orator, you're a kind person, your intellect, you have all this experience. My guess is, and I'm gonna nudge you into talking about this briefly, you don't have to give any answers in in terms of future decisions, but if you could at least tell me without names Are you getting barraged by calls? From people saying you have what it takes from age to intellect to acumen to perseverance and grit and tenacity to serve this great state of Alaska in that congressional seat to run fair and square through the special election. Now we know filing dates in a week. Is that something you've been contacted about by friends, family, neighbors? And would you at least be interested in it? You don't have to decide on my show, but is it something of interest that you're contemplating?
8: Uh, well, look, you know, yeah, I, I've been contacted by hundreds of people, and, and, and that's, uh, that's very flattering. I mean, I believe it's been a, a, a barrage of, of people, and that's, that's very flattering. But, but, but at the same time, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I don't have personal political ambition. My goal is to do the best I can to serve the people of the state of Alaska. And my whole life has been about service in one way or another. But right now, uh, right now is, is time to honor our Congressman and, and, and our friend and a person who dedicated his entire life, uh, to the state of Alaska. And, and I, and I think that it's really, it's time for that right now. And I, I know that there's a, and that's kind of the thing. It's, it's just frustrating to see folks that, that, uh, you know, I don't know. I I think it should be, you know, his opponent and whatnot is is, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And and, and so I just I don't know that that's right now. It's time to time to honor Congressman Young. Oh, oh, Josh, he,
1: he on. didn't slow down in one way. He certainly, he and his team deleted all the negative disparagements of Don Young. So, so they certainly worked hard there. Uh, and, and he, yeah, he isn't slowing down. Well, I know from my sphere of influence and contacts and people that there is a great interest in you running. And I know that the young family, there would be a consideration for you to receive campaign funds that are left over from people that have donated. And there would be a surge of support for you, particularly with the veteran connectivity and the fact that you've served and not a long time. You're not a lifelong politician. You're someone that's served and you have experience now, the right amount of experience, that modicum that makes you uh, vital, not, not having been there forever and also not a neophyte. And I think those are attractive things to Alaskans who would be voting. Do you promise at least coming back in the future if you do announce? I'd love to talk to you again about your vision. Should you run for Congress? Would you be willing to do that? Josh?
8: No, absolutely, Tom. I'd be honored. And again, it's, it's really flattering. You know, one of the, one of the most overwhelming and humbling things is that, you know, hearing, hearing from people that, that believe in me and that, uh, you know, Don Young believed in me and that I should believe in myself. It's just, it's, it's very, very humbling. Uh, I, I, it's very humbling uh, to to hear that, but at the same time, I you know I I want to I want to be a part of of Team Young Alumni and 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 go and honor our boss and and, and friend, and that's what needs to happen right now.
1: You bet within the next few days well you have a week to decide and I'm sure you'll let folks know yay or nay within the next week and then continue on. my friend God bless you thank you for your service and what you've sacrificed and I know we all say the same to Don Young. thank you for your courtesy the fact that you're putting him first and I think that's outstanding and it shows the character of you. State Senator Josh Rivak we will talk to you soon my friend and I am very sorry for your personal loss.
8: God bless, Tom. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. This is The Tom Anderson Show. Good morning.
0: This is The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday.
1: Well, a little Goodwill hunting moment. What do you think about them apples? State Senator Josh Reback calling in a patriot, dignified, and in consolation, consolement, And memory of Don Young doesn't talk about running for office. That's a class act. That's a gentleman. You heard him note that it would be nice to see challengers take a break and consider Don Young. And we haven't seen that. And on the Nick Bakich uh, side of things, I was accurate on that. There were things that were brought down and screenshots were made. But, you know, when you share a... Congressman beloved Congressman's campaign and then you run against them the next year and the consultants do so that's not good that will be a reverberation uh, for history for uh, Nick as a candidate and for those that loved Don Young, uh, You know, it's a big deal. And I, I, I reminisce about Tuckerman Babcock, my good friend, Tuckerman, former chair of the party, and, and Mike Dunleavy, chief of staff, who said on my show, and you can listen to the YouTube video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm going to make a video of this one as well. So you can rehear the interview with Senator Josh Rivak. But you can listen to Tuckerman say, you know, Don Young embraced. I I could get the quote. And and he, you know, he you know loved to challenge and love competition. And I know that's not true. Don Young felt betrayed and was hurt that Nick Begich ran against him as former chair. And so that's a big deal and loyalty matters. And you know, if Don Young was going to run more, one more term, that's when Nick should have ran. And it just, that, that type of uh, style doesn't work for me. And it's one of the reasons I didn't jump on board with Nick. I w- wouldn't have worked with a Republican against Don Young in this case. The only time, That way back when I was swooned briefly by Forrest Dunbar, when he first entered the sphere, I didn't know, you know, Forrest was like, I'm a moderate and, and we talked many a time. And I was like, man, this guy's got amazing credentials for his age. I thought I had great credentials, but I mean, from Peace Corps to West Point to Yale law. I mean, this dude, you know, Alaskans lived all over the state, but then it's like, oh my God, he's liberal. So I mean, for a brief moment, I thought, boy, he'd be a good replacement. Um, if Don Young gets out of there, even if he doesn't, if he stays and if he's so stubborn and, and that filtrated away quick and he, then he was Democrat and I help Republicans. So it's a it's a tough one on that when it comes to someone, someone passing away and who jumps in. But when they're alive and kicking uh, Republicans, they that 11th commandment Reagan talked about. You don't go against your own. And, you know. Uh, Babcock said, well, he had the gumption to do it. He had the wherewithal to do it. He had the, um, you know, the the fighting spirit, Nick Bakage to do that. But I don't think it's endearing. And I think that it's going to come back to haunt him. We'll take your calls, 357-5868. There is a special election forthcoming. You have a week to file if you want to run in Congress, for Congress, to serve in Congress and fill those huge shoes. We're going to go to Gary and Muldoon first, and then Dalton and Matt Sue. Gary, good morning. What's on your mind?
9: Well, I just wanted to thank uh, Josh Rebeck for coming on. What a a fine young man. I, I got to say, I've had some things with him that I didn't appreciate. Just a couple of things, but he, he's, he's uh, a great young man. And I mean, and I want to thank him for his service and his dedication to his country. I didn't know all about uh, him, you know, being shot and stuff like that. And a friend lost. I mean, that's gotta be wearing on him all, all his life. What happened there? But for him to, to, uh, and the form to get mad the other day at, uh, at uh, Suzanne Downey, you know, she maybe she was too quick and on what uh, she, she was talking about. And, but the way he went about it might not be the right way. But, I mean, when you're so, like Don Young was such a friend, I can understand now why he was so mad.
1: I didn't so I understand see what he that. wrote. I never saw it what did he know it did was specifically writer well or, or he or he just specific, said that general
9: pretty much said she was a the other word for crappy person starts with an s yep. So yeah and that struck me kind of wrong at first and then i thought you know i kind of get mad i called your show even and told your producer i said even we're getting on this who's going to fill in his shoes way yep. too early sure let him rest, let him rest in peace for a, a week or so, I mean, whatever. And, and uh, But anyway, that's really what I wanted to say. There was one other thing. Of course, there's always what I call in.
1: You're damn right, you're, you're VIP. God's even Well, your your drug on, problem,
9: up, well, it's not just up there, but the fentanyl and stuff, and now they want to get dark on things for them and whatever. And this is going to sound mean, but I think uh, you go as far as to, be taking the fentanyl stuff and all that stuff. You get what you pay for or what you what you do. I I'm getting tired of having to try to you you know they put dark on a bunch of these people about five or six times. I mean, when is it time to stop? <laughs> No, I yeah, know. Know.
1: agreed. It, it's it's getting bad on the policies and the processes. We have federal, borough, state, you know, city. Everybody, the policymakers weighing in on it. It's certainly talking about it, alluding to it on a campaign trail. But actions speak louder than words. The the data speaks for itself. It's bad. It's prevalent, and, and they have to think about another course of action to stop it because it is bad, especially in the Matsu. Hey, Gary, yeah. you're one of your favorites. Yep. Not Dalton's well, th- coming up next. No, no, count, <laughs> count, no, no, tell Dalton
9: that, uh, you know, be careful with that Bubba. <laughs> yeah, that's okay,
1: funny. we'll see you. <laughs> okay, Dalton, we're we we, we going to bounce to Dalton and Matt Sue. Gary says be careful because once, once the IRS comes knocking on your door, you're going to go back to what you, Laurel, is the fun times in, in federal prison, and he worries that Bubba's going to be chasing you. So just be careful, Dalton.
10: Yeah, I ain't worried about it, man. Listen, who could still pay this? I mean, ha- how could someone just uh, you know, just just keep paying this? I mean, there there paying comes a time what? when Taxes. You, Okay. Yeah, you there comes a time when you have to draw a line, when the people take your money to destroy you, you got to draw a line somewhere. And and prison is not the worst thing. This whole world is a prison. Uh, you know, you got to look at that and Josh Reback it, it you know, you should have known the the man took three shots of the vaccine. You didn't know he was gonna die. Now you crying for weeks, like it was your wife. Man, the man the man tried to shove a vaccine down your throat. And you keep saying, Tom, you keep saying that that he shouldn't have run that his uh underlings should not be running against him. Well not under.
1: No, but but Nick Bakich was his chairperson and then and then the Reeds were his counsel. They're all friends. They've been friends, certainly, the Reeds, Ashley Reed, for years. And they have a right to run against them. Oh, I'm not saying they didn't do they, – they they weren't necessarily doing something inappropriate in legal sense. But I'm talking they about had a the duty. context that they, they – so you think Don Young, you're the big pot guy. You, you think that Don Young, who who had the balls to say, hey, let's look at federal legalization. He's the guy that said, let's look at, at aspects of clean energy in ways There's – let's look at – fertilizers and the way they're harming agriculture you don't realize all the things he stepped up on i mean you're you're but saying tom i was gonna smoke weed whether he said i could or not you think I, I take you think i take uh
10: from him i mean i don't care what these people tell me to no no i understand I in other opposite. words you
1: don't care what laws say you just do what you want to do well then how can we even d- debate or discuss something you know if you I, say have laws, I have
10: laws i have laws they call the ten commandments and as long as i do that I have broken no law in America. Now, if I do break a law in America while I'm doing the Ten Commandments, then it was a bad law, and I shouldn't have followed it anyway. The bottom line is you have freak perverts taking over your whole world. And we're sitting around going, well, they're friends, so they probably shouldn't have done that. It was a little awkward. Awkward? Have you looked around every single time for the last 20 years we have lost every single minute? And I had someone tell Dan Fagan said the other day that Suzanne Downing has moved the needle so much, more than anyone in Alaska. And I'm like, move the needle where? Backwards? That's where we're going because these drop shots will not stand up like Josh Reback. What kind of army dude was he? You've got to be kidding me, man. Listen, these are girls. They're actual girls in pants, man. That's the problem. Nobody's mad. And when I get mad, I'm crazy for some reason. I can't believe this is happening. Do you, think but, Don, hey,
1: do you think Don Young died on that plane because of his COVID shot or because of his age and heart?
10: He's go, and the age. I mean, listen, all of it. They, they're getting rid of And by the way, if y'all think y'all are going to win another election, you are drunk. Who's listen, we? Well,
1: who, when you say we, if you all, what Republicans, do you, who will win? Oh, I see. Okay.
10: Republicans, establishment Republicans, whatever Republicans.
1: You ain't going to win because the old people, they killed them all. And, and they ain't going to be able to vote. They were the only ones voting so for Republicans mean the youngster, anyway. You mean the youngsters, the TikTokers, are going to vote, and they lean left of center.
10: That's right. Y'all ain't going to win those. I can't
1: believe. And, and they're going to steal
10: it on the side. They, I can't believe we're even talking about people running for office.
1: Well, Kevin Meyer mentioned that they're going to mail out the ballots, so we will yeah. see. It. Oh, There's yeah. It's going to be listen. mailed.
10: I oh, was supposed boy. to have a meeting with him. I was supposed to have a meeting with him, and I'm sure he talked to somebody, and they said, man, you better not talk to Dalton. So I never got the call. So, hey.
1: So, so live in what you
10: what you made you drop
1: shots you know yeah, what I mean th- this song is for you man this is for Dalton I love okay that. everybody has an opinion Gary what do you think about Dalton you and I are rolling our eyes I bet you Gary's shouting right now Dalton listen to this song man it, it's words of advice for you stay with us Tom Anderson show
6: oh, the bird is on the wing, and you
0: This is the Tom Anderson show broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, seven to 9. AM Monday through Friday.
1: Well, we are back Tom Anderson show and guess what everybody Gary's one, but I've had others call to say, Hey, you gotta, you gotta prevent Dalton from calling on because he, he's getting to the utmost level of offensiveness. And yeah, he is. And he, I think that he is an entertainer and a sensationalist. I think that he likes to bring in that bravado kind of the weird stuff to make people listen and to get attention. But I will say this, when you say, hey, I don't care about laws and I'm not going to follow them and I revel and regale t- time incarcerated and, and w- whether it's drugs or, you know, like with marijuana, I don't care what any law says. I'll do what I want to do on taxes. I-, I don't trust policymakers, so I'm not going to pay it. At some point, you're going to get in trouble. So I would be cautious on those things and that's a fair warning. Document it Thursday, March 24th, 2022, 849 AM. You can listen to the podcast. Be careful because you are going to get a knock on the door. And when you say, See, I told you they're picking on me, the pretty much the entire world, if they're aware of you, would say, No, you caused this yourself. And then to talk about injured war veterans or Don Young and say, hey, these are women in pants. Um, it's not it's beyond offensive. It's like, what are you talking about? I mean, it, it, you're not just smoking dope. Are you like sniffing gasoline or, you know, model glue? Let's build a tank. Let's build a uh, Mr. Schmidt. Let's build a Spitfire. Let's build a Corsair. Let's sniff a little and then go out and call a radio show. I'm not sure. You know, hey, hey, let's, uh, let's do some flooring. Let's do some carpet. Then let's go out and huff some fuel, some diesel fuel at holiday. And then call into a radio show. Hey, let, let's go to church. Let's talk about the 10 commandments. Let's talk about what's right and wrong. And then let's go out and get some peyote and get into wackadoodleville and then call a radio show. I mean, that kind of seems to be the. <laughs> that's like what you're channeling, Dalton. But hey, pat on me. Where's a mirror so I can say thank you, Tom, from Dalton to me because I give you an opportunity. We might have to slow that down, though, because if you insult everybody on earth and say, I don't care about anything or nothing, it's kind of my way and screw you all, then how fun is that for the public other than to make fun of you sensationally? And you don't want that, or maybe you do phone lines are open three five seven five eight six eight we'll hold off on Gary's and Dalton's So let's get some new people come on children let I, I'm gonna call someone else raising their hand remember your teacher doing that I used to be a nerd not all the time but sometimes man do I have stories I loved elementary school Mr. Marsh and Mr. Flynn are two of my ultimate favorites I'm friends with uh, Ken Marsh who, who lives in Alaska and just a great guy and really an inspiration so uh, I I don't know if Mister Flanagan's still around, but these were inspirations to me. I went to Muldoon, Clark, and Bartlett. I never, you know, for a lot of you military brats out there, or or parents of uh, of kids, I I give you such credit for having to bounce from school to school. I was kindergarten through sixth at Muldoon Elementary, and then I was seventh and eighth at Clark, and then I was ninth to twelfth at Bartlett. I was very blessed, thanks largely due to my parents and, and circumstances where the schools were. So that, that really was endearing to have friendships and live in the same neighborhood. I, I'm very lucky. Thank you, Lord, for that. Hey, we'll take your calls, 357-586. Hey, we're gonna go to Mike, I'm assuming. Wood Carver, Mike, another veteran in the Valley. Good morning sir how are you
11: good good you know we all like dalton
1: well don't say that you know that's not true (laughs) what you just said is absolutely not true you're being (laughs) sweet as honey you're a you're a you're a veteran you're you're a you're a a beirut army ranger veteran you're getting soft i'm not going to say that to his face because he'll drop me like a hot coal don't say everybody likes dalton they don't
11: well He's just undisciplined. He doesn't realize
1: it. When you get to know him, he's not all bad. He's not like that in person. But it's like, dude, you're really pushing it so as a let's talk about no offense Dalton but I will give offense that I mean I don't want to make this segment you know, I want to talk about Don Young and Revac did you hear that interview Mike and if you did what are your what are your thoughts on an injured veteran now a state senator young man rising up the ranks uh, he he was eloquent in memoriam of Don Young his friend and mentor and he was the chair of Don Young's uh, campaign just like Nick Bagich was and then Nick ran against him but what do you think about Revac running for Don Young, do you think he'd have a definite shot running for Don Young's seat?
11: it's well, a good possibility, I suppose. I do too. I mean, you know, he's fairly well educated, disciplined, and that's a lot of it. If you're in Congress or the Senate, you have to have discipline. And you can be a little brash, you can speak your mind, but you got to do it in a way that just doesn't tune anyone out it's like Dalton Dalton has some legitimate gripes and some good ideas he just doesn't know how to present them that's my opinion only
1: do you think that
11: strictly for myself
1: well do you think that having a veteran especially someone injured that's been in the ranks a long time whatever the rank was you shouldn't use the word been in the ranks and then whatever the rank you get my point Do you think that helps as a policymaker? Because I've had friends that say it's good, but we don't need, you know, 60 lawmakers, all veterans. We need from every lifestyle, age, young, old, male, female, different ethnicities. I'm not sure about like transgender and non-binary. I'm not into that. But I'm talking about, you know, male, female, old, young, veteran, not veteran, business, not business, maybe some teachers. Would you agree with that? The more the diverse, the better to represent and understand what the public thinks and wants?
11: Yeah, and I want a guy in office who understands other countries, the philosophy of other countries, the constitution of other countries. Let's take Russia, for example. I know most of their S-class missiles, the Rangers, things like that. That makes a difference. Back when Golda Meir was prime minister of Israel and Nixon was going to send some weapons, the emissary that Nixon sent was going go to hand Gold to air some fairly antiquated arms, and she knew the difference. And she rejected that and got the modern, because she knew that. And a lot of people don't think those things are important, but they are. It's like the Soviet missile. They run in a called an S-class. They run from 300 to 500. And each one has different ranges. The 500 can go several hundred miles and shoot down an aircraft. The 400s and 300s are closer range. They're surface-to-air missiles. Now, it doesn't sound like much to your average Joe public. But somebody who knows that and is a decent tactician...
1: is going to make a difference as a
10: policymaker. Over your,
1: yeah. your no, I get it. It is. I get it. In other words, when you're on the Armed Services Committee or you're talking about intelligence or communications or warfare, you can speak with authority and with knowledge. No, that's true. And and it's true. It's one of the reasons why when congressional members get in, you want to try to tag them. Same with the state house and and Senate. You want to tag them on the committees, not just that they want their druthers where they have power, but where they have expertise. So like a doctor, maybe on the Health and Social Services Committee or, you know, duh, a teacher on the Education Committee because of their background. Now, one other question. We're talking with Woodcarver Mike, uh, Army Ranger, lots of tours and lots of stories. We've talked over the years with him. He's a friend of the show living out here in mat one of the question is, what do you think about former Lieutenant Governor Mead Treadwell, the businessman, the Arctic policy expert, who pretty much knows, I would say, one-fourth, one-third of all congressional and U.S. Senate members? He's he's around the world all the time, flying businesses, uh, you know, multimillionaire and prominent and an intellect and academic, great resume. What about him running? Some say he would be perfect because he could jump in there and easily be a statesperson and work with our congressional, uh, you know, other from other states states, congressional members, and senators, end with foreign dignitaries. Do you think that would be good, Amid Treadwell? I think so. It
11: probably would. Right now, the Russians are sputtering and sparking about they want to make claims to the entire Arctic region.
1: I know. Ugh.
11: So that's going to be another one that's going to come to a head one of these days, yep. which is the reason the United States under Trump was building five new big icebreakers.
1: And Biden just slows it all down. He doesn't recognize it unless it's protecting the ecosystem, which isn't all bad. But in and of itself, you got to do a lot more than that. you got to have a substantive military icebreakers. You have to have oil development that's responsible and clean energy. All those things. You get it. I mean, you should run Woodcarver Mike for Congress. Wouldn't that be cool?
0: I, I would love it.
1: <laughs> Enjoy your day brother. We got the music coming. Mike, thanks as always, man. God bless you. Thank you for your service. One of my favorites, Wood Carver Mike. Hey, I'm Tom Anderson. We're going to be signing off. Charlie Kirk is next up. You got a week to file for the congressional seat that our beloved Don Young has left. Big shoes to fill. That's for sure. News is up. Kirk is next. Folks, drive safe. Happy Thursday. God bless. <laughs>
11: know that you can lend a helping hand because it's good in everyone and a new day has begun you can see the morning sun